You think you know me. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, live from the throne room in Tarashek Towers, this is the Kings of the Rings podcast. Tune in every week as the host, Will Tarashek, is joined by his own personal clique of David Malkovich and King Ricky Rose. Together, we form the Kings of the Rings podcast, where we dive headfirst into the crazy world of professional wrestling. So, without further ado... Rest in peace, Vader. But welcome, everyone, to Kings of the Rings podcast, episode number 104. The man, the myth, the legend is here. But before we spoil who it is, we got to get to the introductions. We got to the plugs. This is the Kings of the Rings podcast, K-O-T-R underscore podcast on its Twitter feed. The hashtag, Friends of the Show era, continues. But of course, where would it be without me? It's me, it's me, it's Willie T, the founder, proprietor of the vision, everything in between. I'm gonna win that million dollars, guys. I'm gonna win that 2K million dollars. Just you wait and see. Just you wait and see. I I saw that I saw that commercial. I'm like, God damn it! I have to buy 2K19 now. I'm buying it. I'm gonna win that million dollars. Mark my words right now. It is. You're gonna forget about it. It is June 21st, 2018, at 8:57 p.m. I'm gonna win that million dollars. And Dave, you're not. <laughs> That's funny. But anyway, what's up? It's a man of a thousand gimmicks. Dusty Dave. You can find me on Twitter, KOTR underscore Dusty Dave. You can find me on Facebook, David Malkwich, M-A-L-K-I-E-W-I-C-H. Instagram, O-Z-T-E-P-O-8. Snapchat, O-Z-T-E-P. But that, that, that's all about me. I'm not tranquilo. I'm fucking crazy. But where would I be without the third man? Our universal royalty of phenomenal king ricky rose you just keep adding things to to my moniker which i which i'm perfectly perfectly okay with what's going on everybody it's king ricky rose the third man of the kings of the rings podcast and your social media ambassador for kltr underscore podcast on twitter we now have over we have like 1307 followers 13 and change Uh, 1300 and change growing growing by the day um and over 220 um, people who like us or follow us on uh, Kings of the Rings podcast Facebook page, but you can find yes, I know, um, but you can find me personally on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, text messages, blogs, other people's wrestling podcasts. As I was on the TNT podcast uh, last night, at Ambassador Biggs, B I G Z, Ambassador Biggs. Um, shout out to CM Smiley. I was invited to represent the podcast. Uh, last night on her show, which was pretty amazing and a really fucking long show. Um, yeah, I'll be doing that next week. Uh, I told her that I owed her, and she's like, "How about next week?" I'm like, "I'm down." Yeah, so. will you will you owe her too? But anywho, let's move forward. I know. Let's move forward. Let's go. Let's go back into the future here. It's the friends of the show era, and just like we promised, every week we will have a different. 
host on the show. And this week, we have one of our collective personal favorites in Will's Secret Boo. He hey, comes ew, hailing... <laughs> Don't give it away. Me... Don't give it away. Hey, hey, hey. He just... comes from the land down over. He comes from... He's, he's a, one of the men of, from the north. He is the, a, he is the guy who came up with the tip of the crown. He is the creator of the name. He is the legendary JF. We know him as hashtag Mr. Fretz. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. It's an honor to be on here finally. Oh, no. It is on- an honor to have the you. Honor is yeah, the honor is all ours. all ours. <laughs> awesome, guys. It's, uh, honestly, it's a little bit nervous, but uh, hopefully I don't start uh, stuttering because Vince McMahon will uh, discover me and team up me up with Matt Morgan. You'll be the stuttering Enzo and Cass. Only more <laughs> over, pal. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Listen to our show, but I mean, Dave stutters stutter from time to time. Will's high a lot of the time, but it is what it is. You're starting out good, though. You have a really great shirt on. This Kings of the Rings logo T-shirt that you're rocking. Looks like it fits you pretty well. It does. If, if, uh, if anyone who's interested, represent.com. Wrestle Attic Radio. Shout out to all our brethren on Wrestle Attic Radio and the Rant with Ann uh, podcast family stream. Um, if you don't, if you haven't listened to um, like Who Got Next or Smash This or Mark Out with Martin, please Get go them check it out. The court, the first episode was amazing. If you guys haven't checked it out, check it out. It's Isa in my queue. And, and their first uh, um, court is over Brock Lesnar. Please check it out. You it's can find fantastic. it on. It, you learn I, a you learn a lot about Ant's sex life in that in that <laughs> one. Great, great. He is married, so it kind of has to be. <laughs> All right, so we got a lot of talk about guys. We had NXT this past Saturday, which was fantastic. Money in the Lord bank, miss, miss miss money in the bank, which is better than I expected. A lot of shocks, a lot of original plans, which got leaked. So let's just get into it right fucking now. I'm just kidding. First, we got the first guest game. First guest game, Mr. Fretz. My favorite part of the show. Uh, at least one of them. So, Mr. Fretz, we have five questions. Maybe six. Uh, I think it's up to six now. Um, so, first first question. How did you get into wrestling? And what made you stick around? Did you ever have a break? Like, What's your wrestling history? Well, I would start casually watching wrestling around uh, about 94. So, that was Brett Owen, Diesel, Razor. It was just a, it's a lunchtime tradition with my father. We... Uh, our family used to run a butcher shop, so in the morning we'd go do chores, feed the pigs, uh, do deliveries and whatnot. Come back lunchtime, watch Superstars. Damn, '94. Nice. I was I wasn't even born, and Dave was still in college. <coughs> I was five. I I would just casually watch it and then rent uh, videotape from of all places in my hometown, the hardware store. You know you're a redneck when. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, home hardware, the only place where you could rent wrestling, every movie ever, and porn. Nice. Wow. What the hardware? Canada. Wow, so that, that, they're really bringing up the name hardware. Yeah. <laughs> ah, nice. So what, what, made, no, you, what I, made you stick around, Mr. Fritz? Like, what was that, what was that moment that made you hooked forever? It had to be about it was 96, 97, because my, I finally got cable. That was the one thing that got me hooked. That's a big and deal. One of the first Raws I remember watching, one of them was when Vader, Vader bombed Gorilla Monsoon. Ooh. I rest in peace, big man. Uh, 
and Diesel seeing himself in the casket when he was feuding with Taker. Hmm. Okay. So and who, then everything from Steve Austin just got me hooked. From of there, course. So. Well, that tends to happen. Um, so favorite wrestler of all time. Number one. All time. Number one. And tell me it's Chris Benoit. I'm, asshole. It's not name redacted. It has <laughs> flip-flopped in between Brett and Owen Hart because Canada. But you know what? Ret- retrospectively, although I loved Brett Hart for years and years and years, I've come to really appreciate Owen Hart. Okay. I was watching the night he passed away, and now I was just gutted. It was. Uh, wait, wait! Really... You were you were watching over you were watching over the edge. The, yep. Oh my God! Wow. I was what me and I was like what only fourteen, fifteen at the time. So he was he was a heel. So it's like oh boo hey bring on Godfather on the hose, and then you know we hear that Owen Hart passed and. My friends and I just sat in silence. Yeah, what what, what was, was that? Uh, what was that like watching live? Like, how was it? I've never actually met someone who was watching it live or was there, obviously. Um, so, like, what was that like with the broadcast? Like, what happened? How was like the the camera angles? Obviously, like they didn't show him dying on camera, but like, I guess just talk about a little bit about that, like how that happened, like on TV. Well, it was. Uh... Owen was scheduled to, you know, be lowered down from the ceiling, and then they were just showing shots of the crowd, and, you know, JR's just like, uh, uh, something's wrong, folks. Uh, and then they just go they to a vignette they shot earlier in the day with Owen doing his, uh, uh, his Blue Blazer Hulk Hogan thing with, you know, drink your milk and, you know, say your prayers and eat your vitamins. I'm not a, a nugget kind of thing. And then a couple of matches happened. They interview Jeff Jarrett to go, go to the ring. It's like, you know, uh, oh, I'm going to hit, you know, Nicole Bass with the guitar. Oh, and Hart, I love you, brother. And the next match, he's, they announce that he's dead. Oh, and wow. We're just like, oh, shit, this is. And I felt bad because earlier that night, I was like, boo, Owen Hart. But after, right. after years and years after his death, just even collecting things like his his DVD and just watching all of his matches. I mean, he was just so damn entertaining. And yeah. all of his legendary ribs stories, just, uh, it, it's, and it's he, great. and he was also a member of the nation of domination at one point in time. That's true. Yes, he, was. He, was That's progr- right. he was very and progressive you, for his time. Do you remember when they impersonated the nation of domination? Jason yes. sensation. <laughs> I met him. Really? What? Yeah. His, his, and uh, it was not his indie promotion, but it was the one that had their hand in Training Edge. Uh, it was called the Apocalypse Wrestling Federation. Came to my hometown, which is like, you know, I am i don't live in my hometown now. It's its Cannington. No one's ever heard of it unless you're a Philadelphia Flyers fan. And that's the hometown of the late, great Rick McLeish. Wow. Nice. So the Apocalypse Wrestling Federation came to my hometown uh Jason Sensation was like a special guest ring announcer, promoter. Uh, uh, young Kazarni was there. Oh Gilbert my God, a young was a referee. Yeah, Gil- and Gilbert <laughs> was a referee. Oh, he, me and my friends were just giving out to him, just taunting him. And Jason was a really, really interesting guy. Uh, I, I went to the arena early because I used to hang out at that arena. My brother played hockey, so you'd always find me in there just hanging out with people. Uh, they were setting up the ring, and I go, and I was like, 
oh, hey, that's Jason. I'm going to go and talk to him. So we spent like an hour talking about Owen Hart. And then, I don't know, he laid on the, the ringside table and asked me to shooting star press him through it. And I was fresh. I was about a year off of a of a surgery that I had that I'll get into later. Yeah. Long story short, Owen Hart. Yeah, this is turning into story time with Mr. Pratt. <laughs> no, perfect. It's exactly uh, I ramble like, and go like on several rabbits. It's it's the best part of the first guest game. Um, so favorite wrestler now. Ooh, tough choice. I've got a two or potentially three way tie. Elias. Ooh. Okay. Daniel Bryan, obviously. All right. Johnny Rosling. John. Ooh, I like ooh. I like all those people. Mr. Fretz, typically I only let one favorite, but since you're Mr. Fretz, I'm gonna allow <coughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, favorite match all time. Longest time, it was Brett and Owen. Hmm. But my favorite match now actually happened this year. Really? Now I'm gonna put the guessing back to you guys. Do you want to guess what match it was? Uh, okay, I'm going to tell you right now. It's an NXT match. It is. Uh, it's a takeover match. It's a takeover match. It's in Philadelphia. Ooh. <clears throat> NOLA. NOLA. It's the NOLA. Is it the ladder match? Nope. Uh, Roman it, Reigns, Jinder Mahal. It's Champa. It's the fr although the second match, I think, in terms of spots and ability... The second one's better, but in terms of storytelling and the first match of which is going to be a million in this feud, the storytelling they did in, in that match was just unreal. Like you had the the spot with the crutch and Johnny like uh, hesitates for a second. Oh my god! I I love the... I love the submission with the knee brace. That was brutal. That was amazing. We were in the crowd going absolutely ape shit. I was, I would no, I would have been watching it live at home because my uh, my work would have been closing early that night because it was not tourist season like it is now. <laughs> ah, very true, very true. Yeah, I, I honestly, I've I watched that match uh, last night. I got, I think I'm gonna be watching the first one again because I don't know which one I like better. I still have made a decision, so we'll find out when we go over it. But uh, Mr. Fretz, uh, what's your finisher? My finisher dates back to me playing No Mercy in 2002. Wow. No N64. Mercy. I love that game. It's one of the greatest wrestling games of all time. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, I remember I, I didn't have one during its peak era. So one day I went to Blockbuster Video. There's a throwback for you. Oh, my God. Uh, I missed my Blockbuster. There's one in Alaska that's still going. Yeah, thanks to John. My Oliver. friend actually went to like that Blockbuster the other day. I don't know how much it is, but I know it's like a big tourist thing now. Yeah, no, my friend actually went to that blockbuster like three days ago. Oh, anyway, Mr. Fretz, what's your finisher? My okay, you'd have to understand my my gimmick name was Chopper, which it's it's based on a childhood nickname I got when I played hockey, chopping my hockey stick on the ground, uh, and my nickname the Canadian Psycho. Finisher, the Steiner Screwdriver. And it was dubbed the Psycho Blade. Ooh. I love it. Right? I love it. It's, that's 10. really good. 10 out of 10. I still use it in like 2K17, 2K18 today. All right. All right Mr. Soon to be 2K19. Soon to be 2K19. Yeah. Uh, last question, the most important question. I already know the answer. I'm going to ask it anyway. Hashtag Team Slack 
or hashtag fuck you slack fuck you slack here's the funny part here's the funny part you remember when he made that damn video yes i do it was episode 81 i didn't even know who he was when he was talking about i don't know who you guys are and i think that might have been like there's probably a few episodes before that is when i saw your live stream and i'm oh. like okay that's i'm like that's uh okay that's who that's who okay i'm gonna make a fan video later when i know them so i don't look stupid I don't know who Slack was until WrestleMania. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go and dislike every one of his tweets because like, oh, that's actually who he is. <laughs> Amazing. All right, guys, that is the first That is the first guest game. What a way to start off the show. It's going to be a wild ride. So let's get right into it, guys. Uh, NXT TakeOver, um, I had to watch this um, on – I watched this over like three days. Uh, so, Ricky, you and you and Dave told me that the first two matches were absolutely incredible and maybe one of the best takeovers of, takeovers of all time. You stand behind that. Um, yes. I do yeah. not. I do not. I do not. Um, I feel like the first two were unbelievable and could have been a top ten, top five takeover of all time on those two matches alone. I do feel like the one blunder, which is a shame to say, the one blunder which is such a big blunder that I think it really diminished the rest of the TakeOver card. It, it, it takes away from some of the lasting value of it, but there's so much more that actually keeps this TakeOver card really big, but it's the big, it's the giant botch in the championship match yep. between Alistair and um and Lars Sullivan. I, it was so blatantly bad. He whiffed. Oh, when, when, he, when, he for, when he forgot to fall? No, no. He, he, Lars was too far away for the kick. Yeah, and so when Alistair turned, it totally whiffed, and it just looked—it looks so bad. You could, to the point where I think at that finish, Alistair legitimately just kicked him in the fucking head for being a dick. Probably, I mean, that was definitely a finish that the he was supposed to. He, I told you he was gonna kick out of the black mass, and that was that was supposed to be a big deal, and then he was gonna take two to finish him. So, right idea, just poor execution. Um, yeah, but it was just—it's just a bad look. I also agree, like, this, the first two matches, let's start with the first one, uh, the tag match, it was just, it was Holy just, fuck. What I, I like to call it organized chaos, um, towards the end, it was just a clusterfuck, but it was an outstanding match, Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan fucking brought it, like, I knew they would, and, um, your hometown yeah. boy, yeah, and, um, the, what's his, what's the, I can't remember, I don't know, the era, what the fuck are they called? Undisputed, Undisputed era. era. Oh my brain farted. Uh, they they sold for them extremely well. A great opening match. Got the energy off right. The the dual submissions in the middle of the ring, fantastic. I thought they had it for a second, but I was like, oh wait a minute, <laughs> the they're too good. Yeah, excellent. Dave, what do you think? Yeah, it was it was good. They, I mean, Danny Burch and Only Logan got a standing O at the end of that match. Of course. So I don't know. I don't know if that's their last time in regular NXT, and Triple H is going to move them over to NXT UK, which I think they'd be perfect for their fighting style for NXT UK. But I got announced this week because it, yes, it looked did. like it like they got the they they got the farewell moment kind of at the beginning of NXT, which is uh, an interesting way to do things. Because Danny Burch looked like he knew it was going to be his last time on like on that roster. I could see that. I mean, I re I really enjoyed the match. Like, the Undisputed Era, like, whether whenever they're in a match, like, they never cease to amaze me. 
like if that it was their swan uh Danny and Oni's swan song for uh and NXT USA uh I'd be happy with that cuz I think they could do wonders with uh the UK division that um like I just would have liked to see them win the the championships um and it was kind of weird uh the, to have them drop the championships on what will Don't be I'm I'm not going to say it but it it's going to be televised next week for the UK uh the UK tournament again WWE already spoiled it but I not really a fan of if they're going to have two distinctive brands with each having their respective titles I think the title change should have come on an NXT show and not the UK show I don't know from what I've been hearing they from from what I've seen very briefly on social media wise they beefed the fuck up out of NX, that NXT United Kingdom tournament. Like, they brought a crap ton of indie stars. Um, oh, yeah, no, just... they, they, they 100% did. Um, and, I mean, like, I hear that the match that um, uh, Undisputed Era had with um, their opponents, I heard it was phenomenal. So many uh, British indie wrestlers were actually in the crowd and were praising the match. Um and I, I I do like that WWE is doing the uh, separate UK brand because I mean obviously it's difficult for them to have to come to the states, do round of tapings, and go back for their European uh, obligations. Um, Johnny Saint as the uh, GM, perfect, per- per- literally. Perfect. Like I, I cannot wait to watch that first round of tapings in early July. Yeah, I mean we'll have to see how it plays out. But Danny Burch, Tony Lorcan going over to the UK, I don't mind. Sure. I mean NXT itself is pretty stacked. I think their tag division might need some little bit of help. But they NXT is so good at just creating stars. They can just make it on to see what happens. But stars, 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 guys. Ricochet, Velveteen Dream. This match was exactly what I wanted in every way, shape, and form from bell to bell. This match was Lord perfect. almighty. This match what was a, perfect. What a match. It was perfect. Mind games. The Prince Puma tights. Unbelievable. Oh. Unbelievable. And then the, and, I, I love how they brought up uh, Patrick Clark's uh, elimination from Tough Enough. The dream does remember that was, happening. Was <laughs> Hogan that eliminated him, and he's wearing a friggin' like, uh, Dream Still Over shirt. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 like, and oh, then he, you, brother. Yo, and he did all the Hulk mannerisms as well. Um, I love that he tried to do a Shane McMahon esque uh, coast to coast rainmaker. Um, but no, that match literally showcased both talents. The Dream got over so much more in a loss than he would have in a win, and that was like Ricochet's, you know. First win at a takeover, and kind of like the you know his super introduction. Like Ricochet is destined for so many good things. I hope they. There's so many things that I hope with it, but just my I was like mouth open the whole time. Like I can't believe this is happening. I want a dream still over T-shirt to be on sale. 
because I will buy like seven of them. This match, the storytelling in this match, actually, this is one of the best storytelling NXT takeovers that they've ever had. Like each match told a very specific and unique and definable story. Um, but the one-upsmanship in Ricochet versus Velveteen Dream was top-notch. The just everything. I love how Patrick Clark just shoved at the Hulk Hogan after all these years. Because if you remember that episode when he got eliminated, Hulk Hogan like pretty much tried to bury the kid, like right at the tail end of before he got eliminated. And so to see Patrick Clark just kind of be like a big f you to him um, was phenomenal. My favorite moment of that match was the superplex to the outside. Oh, brutal. It made my fused spine tingle. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like that's only something that you see in like WWE 2K like no one ever does a superplex to the outside. No. Like that it just looked it just looked brutal. It was a brutal match and um like with with typical matches you'll see kind of one person take the lead, like the heel, get the heat, and then the babyface makes the comeback. This match was dead even from beginning to end, like straight up. The nostalgia pieces that they did, like when they first started out the match, and they and then they emulated Rock Hogan from WrestleMania 18. Um, oh, oh, and, with the crowd interaction and like the yeah. uh, Ricochet and uh, Let's Go Dream. Um, it, it was perfect. And when Velveteen Dream did the uh, the old the the old to Rick Rude with the Rude Awakening before he did the Neckbreaker, so good. So it's so good. That, that super cartwheel Death Valley Driver was just gross. Oh, a Death Valley Driver off a turnbuckle. It, 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 his, it, okay, so his finishers are the Purple Rainmaker and the Rolling Death Valley Bomb, correct? And that DDT, right? That one that uh, looked it looked like a reverse DDT, and then he just rolled into another and spiked. It's like yeah, it's like it's a modified hammerlock. Right. Yeah, yeah. no, because I, I mean, I even remember when we went to um, uh, well, the la when we saw at the ladder match, like he was even doing that move off the top of ladders, and I mean, and he, the way he does the move, just like start to finish, it's so fluid. Like he doesn't like, he doesn't milk it, and I've seen other people do the rolling death valley bomb. It doesn't look as good as when he does it. Yeah, and he's only 23. Like, the sky's the limit with Velveteen Dream. And I, I think, like John Cena said, he's going to be proven more and more. But he is, he's the, as John Cena said, he may be the one when he gets up to the main roster. Well, I mean, in the in the Indies, I think he was attacking with Leo Rush. Who, Velveteen? Yeah. He might have been. Um, he was. But, oh, uh, yeah, but, I mean, he's... I just want to see them do it again in Brooklyn. I want to see Velveteen versus Ricochet Part 2. This needs to be a multi-match feud because it will tear down the house everywhere they go. Bold prediction or more fantasy booking, Velveteen will have gold by the end of the year. I think or that's going to... Maybe by Mania. I think by Mania he'll have something. The uh, North American. Yeah. I, be I believe he'll get the North American. That's what I would do. I think he's perfect for that belt, and him and Adam Cole and the rest of them would have an amazing feud. A hundred percent. Him and Adam Cole would put on an absolute fucking clinic. A hey, promo hey. clinic at that, too. Can As you imagine an Adam Cole versus Velveteen promo off? Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I can literally just see it now. Adam Cole bringing back a story time vignette. 
Story it's time, a, like with Adam Cole, was one of the best things on ROH. It's just, it's just too good. What the, the potential of Velveteen Dream and Ricochet and Adam Cole? This may be the most exciting roster that NXT has ever had, hands down. And Keith Lee's joining it. Yeah, yeah, it's going to get, get even ready more to amazing. Bask in his glory. I, I predict oh, he, de- I predict he debuts. Like his first official match will be in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. I am not overly familiar with Lee, but I guess I have to. Watch some Keith Lee tapes. He is wildly athletic for the size of a human being that he is. Ricky, I saw him on screen and was like, wow, it looks like Ricky. Yeah, I, I told you, it's me It's me if I was a wrestler. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> um, so that would be very exciting. Again, Vote Team Dream, uh, Ricochet, match of the year candidate, definitely. Only, Absolutely. only to be overshadowed by the match of the year rather than the main event. <laughs> but before we get there, we kind of kind of drag our drag our feet through the mud with uh, NXT Championship, Women's Championship, Nikki Cross versus Shayna Baszler. I only say drag it through the mud because it was the least, it was like the not it was the worst match on the card, but it was still a pretty solid match. It's a better storytelling match, but it is an actual wrestling match. Yeah. Because of Nikki Cross. Exactly. I mean, Shayna Baszler's a great champion. She's a great character. She's a great promo. Uh, but then the bell rings. Yeah, and she's, she's pretty simplistic in the ring. She's very but simplistic. That, yeah, but I think that's where Nikki Cross kind of shines because she can do all the theatrics to make to make her character go over and also make Shayna's character kind of yes. more uh, convincing as well. I liked this match better than both Ember Moon matches. It was better storytelling because Nikki Cross is just more animated. Yeah, and she was fantastic. Yeah. Female Mick Foley vibes. Female yeah. what? Female Mick Foley vibes, kind of, with her just taking all the pain, loving it, and smiling during the... That was the best home. part. That was the Smile one of the most... <laughs> That's one like, of the best storytelling ever. Yeah, I would say it was like when uh, Ken Shamrock fought Mankind in '98, and then he was in the ankle lock. So you know, Mankind puts in the mandible on himself. <laughs> Somehow yes. it reminds me of that. I don't know how. Uh, that that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty good analogy actually. But like Nikki, like struggling, struggling, and waking up and then just smiling before she passes out. Beautiful storytelling, and I really hope that's how Nikki ends her NXT career. I mean, I doubt I, it, bud. I I doubt it. If that was how she was going to end her NXT career, she would have uh, come up and shown up um, at Money in the Bank or on SmackDown. Well, she not did... necessarily because Naomi didn't even show up on SmackDown with that uh, with that um, insanity and Usos thing. So it, they could delay her and bring her in. A little bit over right now, and it seems that uh, Sanity might be a heel faction. And I True. think the women's the women's division down there it, it needs like bodies because you got who Shayna Baszler, Dakota Kai, the uh, other the the other two four Lacey, Lacey the Evans, Lacey Evans Jack, is great. Uh, that Bianca Belair, yeah, Bianca Bianca Belair is my favorite one down there. She's fucking she incredible. Phenomenal. Candice LeRae. I, I would like to see Candice LeRae, like, don't get me wrong, I I'm lo- I love the Gargano Ciampa story going on, but I would like to see her more in matches than as a pawn on the side of another story. See, I don't think I don't think she's a pawn. Like, she's an important part of that story, and having her in-ring competition right now 
it doesn't take away from the main story, but it's just kind of like, why are you doing two things at once? Once the Trump and Gargano thing's wrapped up, Candice LeRae will be a huge player in that division. But right now, she doesn't need to be. No, I agree. But, well, I mean, like, if you remember, she said that she was through with, like, she was done with it when Gargano signed the contract. And, I mean, she, I would have liked to see her take, like, some time away from it to do her own thing rather than, you know, go away for two weeks because you know the tapings then come back at the takeover i think that's a good way to start it out because like you gotta you gotta stand by your man she didn't marry him and it and it ties in as to what happened later on in that match with the with the wedding band moment oh fucking amazing you got that guy behind him like cheering in the background yeah screw marriage All right, so we we no. we kind of touched upon it a little bit, but let's scoot over to the championship match. Lars Sullivan, I thought, held his own. Other than the botch, this was a very good match. I mean, Lars Sullivan is a contender. He's a great character. He's like Snitsky, what he should have been. Um, like we we see a lot of these monsters. Like he he kind of reminds me of like a Snitsky Goldberg Ryback like hybrid of like, every monster big man ever. But talented. But talented. But very talented. And I liked I like what they did with his ring entrance and like this they had the uh the silhouette of him in the light, like the little eye of eye of Sauron, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Like they, they, the, they do that every week. NXT do that, a very do good job of building like homegrown like they have the indies guys, but they also have every now and then they have that homegrown talent like a Velveteen Dream, like a Lars Sullivan, who like just, a Bianca Belair. Like a Bianca Belair who who have this who have the spunk to even outshine the indie guys who have a name for themselves already. Yeah, it's it's. I mean NXT. Like I was uh, when I was on the TNT podcast uh, yesterday. Shout out the TNT podcast and Smiley and uh, Zildjian or what have you. Um, he they brought up they brought up a good point. When you think of NXT, you don't think WWE. You think of something completely different, and that's how distinct their brand is from anything else that WWE produces. Yeah. Pretty much. Agreed. Feels like an indie show. It feels like something <coughs> with uh, with it potentially, you know, branching out, and you know, Triple H wants to do uh, things with other feds. You know, like Adam Cole versus Walter. Like, get in. Oh my, my God. God. I want a road trip to that. I discovered Walt, who Walter was during Mania Weekend. I think it was what Joey Janela's Spring Break. Joey Janela is also going to be at that Evolve weekend as well. Nice. Uh, and I just found him against uh, PCO. I look at the guy. It's like, that's bloody Jean-Pierre Lafitte, one half of the Quebecers. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, he's still going. He's got to be like my dad's age, and he's still yeah, wrestling. Jesus. And PCO was the first uh, the first announced entrant for uh, the 2018, 20, no, the next Battle of Los Angeles. Oh, get in. I'm there. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm hoping that at the uh, Progress show in August that I'm going to in New York City that I get to see Walter. Like, Walter, I went from, like, just seeing, like, this person whose name is Walter in all caps. Like, who the fuck is this? To, like, literally, I could watch, like, his matches, his entrance over and over. I love it. Down the road, I would love to see him in WWE. And Did you see his chest after the PCO match? Oh, 
it's not a good sight. <laughs> I, I'm. I gotta check. I gotta get up on my Walter now. So, put it on my list of things to do. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> oh man! So we talked about um, Lars and Alistair. I mean, I, I don't know if there's much more to talk about this. Let's talk about the match of the year. Hell yeah, dude! Wow. Uh, I I don't know what to say. <laughs> I mean, what what they did, like what Mister Fred said kind of earlier. This was more focused on spots and like objects more than physical wrestling and story but it was like tearing the ring apart the trash cans uh the table spot the wedding ring the, the, the finish stop sign in the stop sign in the winky face sign was amazing oh yeah that's the stop sign well, that I, was I, great too yeah I when i was seeing him tear apart the sign i'm like what the fuck's he doing like Th that's his fan sign, and then I just see like him pull out a stop sign. I'm like, what the fuck? What a well, great no plant again. <laughs> yeah, it was like no mercy, but what a great plant in the crowd. Like that was a very well thought out um, moment. Um, I I think it was. I think this is their best storytelling match that they've ever done. It was a little low on wrestling, but storytelling wise, I think they told a perfect story. Everything that was done in that match was done perfectly. They teased spots. They went away from it. They brought those spots back. Like, it was the perfect way of doing something. Because when you present something in a gimmick match, like, if you're in, like, a TLC match and you present a table, like, eventually you have to use that table yeah. at some point. You can't just leave it out there because then you fuck everything up. Like, they brought, like, he, he tore the ring apart. And then it went away for, like, 10, 15 minutes. And all of a sudden, that was the finisher. And it was a perfect way to end. You know, and you, you got the whole Gargano's anger gets the best of him is the is the story of the whole match. That and, and like he, the the officials just kind of just fucked up. They, they they fucked him over. The people no Gargano fucked back. himself over. Well, well that too. Uh, but Champa was tapping. There was just no ref. I don't know where the fuck the ref was. But like Gargano had that match won four different situations. Like, <laughs> and then Champa just comes in that one DDT. And I was just like, oh my god, like it it's it fits. Everyone's character perfectly. You've got the sympathy for Gargano. Champa gets away with his life and has the bragging rights. And now it's going to lead to a third match, which, in my opinion, better be Hell in a Cell, the first ever NXT Hell in a Cell. I, I agree. It needs to end in <laughs> I, It's the main I, event Hell in a Cell. Absolutely. I doubt, I doubt it's going to be Hell in a Cell. I think it's going to be a three stages of Hell match. No, I believe they are going to top SummerSlam in one match, and it'll be Hell in a Cell. Yes. Uh, Hell in a Cell, to me, is the be-all, end-all of a feud. When, you, when there's nothing else left, Hell in a Cell is the tip-top stipulation you can add. It's the mo yeah. It should be the most personal. And right now, this feud is the most personal I have ever seen. I'll I'll take it even a step further. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a hot take right now. This feud right now, this rivalry, Gargano and Ciampa, is the best rivalry in all of professional wrestling. It is better, by and large, uh, better than Okada and Omega. Ten I I come on, Dave. I'm, come on, Dave. Let's I, hear it. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go that far. I'm. Well, you're I'm not ready. To, I'm not ready to crown either of them best feud, but I mean, I this feud would need to go on for through Takeover at SummerSlam. Therefore, it'd be longer than Okada and Omega at this point, dude. Uh, 
Okada and Omega's feuds like over a year and a half. So is Gargano and Ciampa almost. Are you fucking uh, kidding me? Meltzer gave Gargano and Ciampa four point five stars. What a dick. But he gave FDM. but he gives Kenny Omega and Okada seven. Oh, he added another star. Ooh. Well, well, have have you watched the Okada Omega Best of Three Falls match yet? Doesn't matter. It's not seven fucking stars. I well, agree. It's you mean not the seven recent stars. one from Kingdom, or is this one going back to uh, the, the most recent no, no, one? Uh, the most re- the uh, the Dominion match. One, yeah, it seven is. One was Dominion. The, yeah, no, like this match would need another one or two takeover matches. Top tier quality for me to put it in an Okada Omega conversation. This this match was uh, five it's stars. Better than Okada this and Omega. This match was ten by stars. Large. Yeah, I watched the first two Okada Omega matches. I was like, yeah, they're good. They're fine. Wasn't the greatest thing I've ever seen, but they're good. I thought Shawn Michaels Undertaker was in WrestleMania twenty five was better. Both of them. And yeah, I. My I think the point of the story is fuck Dave Meltzer. That was a five star match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the thing with Okada and Omega is that their their matches are very good. They are very technically sound matches. I, they tell very good stories. But there's to me at least there's not that personal touch to it. And also I think their 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 wrestling matches drag on a little bit longer than what is needed mm-hmm. to do what they need to do. And I, I think no. yeah. Thanks. And I I also think. Um, the personal touch of Gargano and Ciampa, by and large, is a much more compelling story than um, Okada and Omega. It's the well, little, uh, it's the little things like when Ciampa was yeah. bringing Gargano up the ramp, saying we were best friends, we traveled the world, you did this, the spot from last year, Gargano looking at his hand, playing with the empty hand, empty ring, like where the ring should have been, is playing of playing with it like it was still there, and it's the the look at his face and it's the the emotion. Everything about this match was just pure storytelling and entertainment, and you all the feels, all of them, everything. And uh, there were uh, actually people, I'm sorry, cheering for uh, Champa. There was a video that uh, Nate the F in uh, Game Changer. Uh, Nate the yeah, he was there. Shout out to Nate. Yeah, shout out to Nate, big time. Uh, he wore he was gear. there. He he did. Yeah, he, he wore a shirt there. And he was filming like their the Champa reaction, and there's just one guy going like, "Yeah, I told oh, you so." The oh crowd. my god, yo, that <laughs> that that, that, like, that reaction video was literally one of my favorite things to watch. Like, I'm I mean, I personally don't think that you guys are not like overly invested in this because you've watched a product for so much longer. But I think because you haven't watched New Japan, you don't really understand the full rivalry in and of itself. Okada having a record-breaking length of the title reign, successful title defenses. Twelve. And then then also the fact of the way Gaijin are norm like very rarely will reach the pinnacle of New Japan to win the belt and Kenny Omega having gone up through junior heavyweight become a heavyweight become the leader of the Bullet Club after AJ Styles leaves for WWE Kenny Omega becoming the first uh Gaijin to win the G1 Climax which is the most difficult tournament to win like 
And, like, so I don't think you guys have been able to get as much out of it because you're new to the New Japan product. Well, I, I and, heard of New Dave, Japan, all those, but I think... All those things you just listed, like, all those accolades, I don't care about any of those. Like, you, you can... You cannot watch NXT programming and just watch the takeovers and still get the full story. It stands on its own. It and also that completely. the Kenny Omega story, it's a it's a it's a rags to riches coming up from the bottom story that you hear in sports all the time. Like it's a it's it's a Rudy X story. Like you came from the bottom, you you did everything you needed to, you got to the top, and you almost didn't make it to the top, and then you kept fighting and fighting and fighting, and you and and you finally make it. It's that classic sports story that you hear all the time. Yeah, and Drake made a song about it and ruined it. <laughs> I, I, I well, I I simply I simply disagree with you guys. And all right, well, okay. oh, it's perfectly fine. That's we're, why we're, we have a we're, podcast. We're going we're going long here already. We've got the money in the bank. So so crown this shit, Mr. Fretz. You first crown system. You know how it works. Out of ten, how many crowns do you give this takeover? Ten. Ten. All right. Wow. Ricky. That's bold. That is I'm bold. actually going to go. The, the botch really fucks it up. The botch fucks it up for me and Mauro Ronaldo not being there because I would have loved yep. having Mauro call that final match. Yep. Anti Mamma Mia. The, the Mamma Mia chant was great, though. Loved it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to go a solid 8.5. All right. Dave? I'm going to go 9. My, my only real negative was the, the botch and the over used uh pass out from submission she smiled though oh why oh no 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 i like that they did it but it's just in the past year and a half i've seen it how many times all right Dave's on my side all right ricky you took the words right out of my mouth word for word i'm giving it 8.5 for the exact same reason you did uh still fantastic takeover let's switch over to money bank which surprised me in some ways i don't want to talk about all the matches like for example, I don't really want. To, I'm not Please, about, no. We're not talking about the pre-show match. We're not talking about the Daniel Bryan match. But we will talk about Big Cass and Big Cass being let go. Being a big ass. Yeah, you guys surprised? No. Being a, being a huge ass. You you can't oh, go up against the most. Huge ass is like his Nick will might is one of his uh, recommended yeah. names. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh. you can't you can't go you can't go up against the most over person of the last ten years in wrestling, and come out come out looking good no it's just it's impossible wwe wwe put him in a lose-lose position yep well well i mean yes and no i feel the first i feel the first match could have been a little better but i think it all went downhill when he went into business for himself with the uh dan bryant lookalike because once a wrestler goes into business for themselves the company, the writers, they lose all faith in you. So, yeah, but also the, those are the same people who wrote this "I'm taller, you're shorter" storyline. So whose fault is that? Cass has the Cass is working with shit. I'm not saying what Cass did was right, but he's working with a horrible story that he's trying to do the best he can to make it work against the most over guy in the last ten years of wrestling. But you can't do what you just said. By going into business for yourself, you just can't do that. Uh, he, it works sometimes. He, he didn't get fired for him beating up the midget. That's that had nothing to do with anything. That that is exactly oh. what started his downfall. No, that's exactly what. No, you, yes, if, it, yes, if, it is. If he had that, heat, if, if he had heat for that, Dave, he would have been taken off TV. He wouldn't have even been in the match. He wouldn't have been like he would have been like fucking Ty Dillinger or fucking whoever else is buried on the roster. He wouldn't have been in that big spot. 
that had nothing to do with it. He didn't he didn't really go off script. What his his problem was his backstage attitude and just him just being fed up with fucking creative. So he was like, all right, fuck you, let him go. And he had a backstage altercation. He left he he left for, uh money in the bank early because he was mad. So the, Vince was just like, I don't feel like dealing with you. You're not worth the trouble. So he let him go. So fuck big cats. Going off script. He didn't Bad go off script. Backstage. Bro, yes, he did. He was only supposed to give the little person a big boot. He so he beat him up a little bit more. That was not a little more. He, you guys are fucking batshit crazy. He didn't have heat for that. Because otherwise he wouldn't yes, have been. He, he, yes, he wouldn't yes, have, he have been. I would save on this one. He had the heat for it. Big But they would have taken him. I would will. They would have taken him off. They would have taken him off TV. They would have taken him out of the feud. He was supposed He was supposed to. He was supposed to yeah, beat Daniel Bryan and go to a third match at Extreme Rules, but his fucking shit he had to is like, well, fuck you. It had nothing to do with the midget. Nothing to do with it. Uh, uh, you you, got, you all, guys are both... It was probably are... a thing that started it, and then, like, the, the tour bus thing when he was in the can. <laughs> it locks up, and he just... He's claustrophobic, so, you know, boom, he busts it down. Then everyone else who has to use it during the bus, which isn't there, like, this unwritten rule of being on a bus anywhere that you don't take a shit on a bus. Yeah, so what's the big deal? Yeah. Well, yeah. So, okay, so we got Enzo Syndrome. You got heat with the boys, too. All right, but moving on. Yeah. Um, let's we, we, all benefit from, yeah. we all benefit from this anyways. We're getting we're getting Daniel. We're not. Yeah, no, we're getting Shinsuke and freaking Jeff Hardy. Yep. We probably would have got Big Cass and Jeff Hardy. Probably. And we're getting uh, AJ uh, Rusev. We'll get to that too. Let's let's skip over to Lashley match. Not worth talking about. Sami Zayn out for the rest of the year. That sucks. But you know what? He's gonna come back better than ever. He'll yeah, come back well, at Rumble soon. and it'll be awesome. Yep. No, he, into a vertical he, 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 he slated. He slated for Mania season, not by Rumble. Rumble is it, Mania season. Whatever. No, dude. It's it's gonna be like a nine month recovery period. Nine months is after Rumble. Maybe he'll get the Cena. He two, maybe he'll get the Cena two, Dude, he has two torn rotator cuffs. It's gonna be a hard time shitting. I heard. He, I heard. I heard he had three. But uh, Seth Rollins versus <laughs> versus Elias. <laughs> you guys are being at, yo. You guys are being fucking oh, asshole. Seth Rollins okay. versus Elias. Oh. Uh, Elias also held his own. I mean, also Seth Rollins can have a great match with anybody. But Elias, good showing here. Um, it, this is exactly what it needed to be. No, it was good. Yeah, it was good. If it, it wasn't was... for the ladder matches, it could have been a show stealer. That's yeah. true. Both ladder matches were very, very good. I don't know what you do with Elias after this because Seth is totally Seth just lost. Yeah, he'll, he'll go. In, he'll go. In, he'll probably go into that uh, Extreme Rules match, which will be fine. He's gonna lose. But won't, won't take the pin. But that's fine. Uh, Elias, he he's one of those guys who doesn't really he needs he doesn't really need a belt because he's so good on his own. He's like a Braun Strowman kind of kind of type. Yeah, he actually got through a song on Raw. Yeah, and it was great. Uh, and that's when my Sports Center app gave out. I was so pissed. <laughs> I, was, I was watching it on uh, was it some Sportsnet Now app on my Xbox because I don't have the channel that uh, Raw and SmackDown are on. You have you oh All USA right. Network right? Yeah, and I I don't I don't have the network, so I'm just like watching Raw and then you know that Xbox boom sound. Oh. I almost threw my controller at the wall. I was so pissed. <laughs> Mr. Fretz, we're going to have to share Xbox gamer tags because I am an Xbox person myself. Yep, I will DM that to you definitely. Word. PlayStation right. 4. Uh, and Switch for me. So, so women's, women's money in the bank. You know, this match wasn't bad. I really like this match. It was, 
women take weird spots off ladders. I don't know what it is. Like, I don't the ladder. Fuck it. Lana, Lana slotting down uh, the ladder like it was like a, a kid on Christmas going down the railing. It was just, it was just <laughs> a little weird. Like, there was a lot of acrobatics. Naomi did really good in this match. Uh, Natalia did really good in this match. There was just a lot of like. Emperor, Emperor Moon did great in this match. Yeah. I expected clips from a ladder. This the story but... the story with Charlotte and Becky Lynch was good. Uh, Alexa Bliss winning was a surprise. Uh, no one, I think, no one saw that unnecessary. Coming. Huh? Yeah, I I wanted it to be Becky Lynch. I I don't un, I don't see why they put her like right back into it. She's now a five-time women's champion. Like, well, you, you got you got uh, you got to remember uh, the story here about the women's Money in the Bank match wasn't so much about Money in the Bank as it was about Ronda Rousey. This match was well, was all about Ronda Rousey, and the original plan was, it was supposed to be Natalia. Wait, Natalia's... well, well, are we talking about women's Money in the Bank, or are we talking about the Rousey Nia match? Actually, we're talking about three matches. We're talking about this match, the men's Money in the Bank, and the title match. All right, so let, all right, continue back. I was a little confused. So N Natalia was supposed to win. And cash in. That would be uh, nice. I, 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 where are you? Are you hearing this stuff? Because nowhere I've read has said that she was supposed to win. Just that she is ex that, that she has the best chance to. I have not read anything that said she was originally planned to win. Wait, so this is why I don't read dirt sheets? Well, this, these I aren't really dirt sheets. These are this. These are this. These are this hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, yeah. From people who actually who are like you know people who get the inside scoop and kind of ruin wrestling sometimes but yeah uh so this is uh, okay dave i'll take it as rumor then this is what was rumored to supposed to have happened if it makes you feel better uh, uh natalia was supposed to win i go up against rousey and then that means fucking the miz was actually going to win men's money in the bank yeah i mean i i i would have liked the story <laughs> of um of natty winning over bliss because then we i mean we're we're literally just getting Bliss Naya again, and like that story is kind of dead in but the it's, water. It's gonna lead up. It's gonna lead up to Bliss uh, Rousey, Rousey, which is which is at fine, SummerSlam, but... which personally I think is better than Natalia. I don't know Natalia's if you, if they just let Natalia wrestle, Natalia is really good. I think she'd be a perfect foe. And Natalia for, as a heel, as a character, could have pulled it off. But personally, like the, what happened on Raw, I think was much better with Alexa Bliss than it would have been with Natalia. Well, yeah, I, it's it, it is better that way because Bliss is just a giant bitch when she needs to be. Oh, I'm I so sexy. Like, I just didn't, I just didn't like Bliss. Like Bliss is already, in my opinion, um, the money in the bank is supposed to be used to elevate stars to a new level, and I don't think that does that for Bliss. I agree. I actually completely agree. Alexa Bliss didn't need, doesn't need this, doesn't need the title picture. She doesn't, she doesn't need this. She's already been there for the past two years. You could even say Alexa Bliss is being shoved down our throats. She yeah. is. Which I don't know about you. Alexa Bliss could be shoved down my throat every single day of the week. But at least she's, you know, worth looking at. And I got to give a shout out here to Nick G, big Alexa Bliss fan. Oh, 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 Nick Giacobbe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would have liked to, on SmackDown, I would have liked Becky because, like, now two years in a row... She's the last, like, that last moment. I would have loved to see Ember with Ricky's uh, thinking that can be used to elevate a star. But just like anyone but who's been in the title picture, really, because 
there's only so many times we can get these same feuds that we're getting again. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it, it was it was good writing and good storytelling for the Rousey match because it was kind of like, well, what's going to happen? Like, Rousey can't win the book. She could win the belt. It would have been totally believable. But it's not what people wanted. I think this was a good swerve. It was a good excuse to have Rousey stay relevant. And in the end, it's going to work out better for everybody. I, I, I really hope so. What really impressed me, if we move over to the Rousey match now, that jumping knee that she did yeah. out of nowhere was unbelievable. Rousey was fantastic. That was, that, that was such a better match than I thought it would be. She, Rousey, Rousey's going to make it in WWE quite easily at yeah. this point. She, Nia Jax was good, too. already has. Yeah. And did you see the NXT Fallout, uh, the, the episode uh, last night? Um, they did no, a... They did a post-match interview with Shayna Baszler, and you finally see the other two four horsewomen on screen mm. with Shayna Baszler, like, in the back. So it's sl- they're slowly cooking up to something. And Kathy Kelly even said, Shayna, how do you and the other th- two four horsewomen of MMA feel about so-and-so? Yeah, no, it, it's happening, but it's going to be a slow burn because... And I'm going to be, we're all going to be better for it because I'm so excited for what they do down the road with oh, them. It's a long uh, way till November. 100%. I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be ready to go by November. No, that Absolutely attitude. not. But, no, um, but and, 2019, and, 2020, they'll do something with all of them. And then, I mean, on the SmackDown side of it, we got the return of Carmelsworth. Oh, what a moment. Oh, what my a God. Moment. The Ellsworth the wink. The Ellsworth helped. wink was my moment of the night, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he almost, he almost looked like totally he great. forgot what he was supposed to do, and then he's like, oh, camera. <laughs> he, was, he was so happy to be back. And Corey Graves marking out was the best. He's like, yeah. I was, I was marking out in my own room. I was like, yes, finally, Ellsworth. I mean. I, Will and I met him at WrestleCon. What a nice guy. What a really cool guy. Sweetheart. I loved his podcast with Talk is Jericho. I used to think, oh, you know, total jabron, whatever. And when I total heard his, jabron. <laughs> when I heard his story, he's like, yeah, he's pretty cool. And since he was trained by Gilberg, who uh, who I met. That's amazing. <laughs> yo, yo, I still want to see Gilberg versus Ellsworth at Mania. Yes. Please. I, they, we really should have drove down to Maryland for that match. Huh. Like, yeah, we should have. Oh, but, um, what a moment. Asuka takes the pin, though. That was a little surprising. Well, Ellsworth that couldn't was... get involved for a DQ, you know, because he's a man. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, that would have been really bad. Yeah, so, I mean, Asuka's going to get this belt eventually, hopefully. Yeah. But, but I, I just like Ellsworth coming back. If not the Iconics, then yes, James Ellsworth. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. It went over a lot better than I thought it would. Yeah, and you know what's really funny? I like how WWE was like, we don't have anything for you, but they brought him right back and were like, we have something for you. Yeah. And he he was originally supposed to compete in China. He was supposed to be in a fatal four-way for his intergender championship. It was two men and two women in a fatal four-way. And he... He canceled last minute, right? Yeah, he canceled last minute. Um... And, I mean, like, I, I'm also a little biased in this. Uh, Carmella was one of uh, the superstars on my um, fantasy team. But, like, Asuka will be getting the championship. Uh, it When exactly, I don't know. But Me- Mella is money right now. Like, she literally can get the whole crowd 
to boo her just with her like skip and her antics and her her laugh. Mella. This is your moment of Nella. No, vibes <laughs> of bliss right there, man. That was so good. All right, guys. I don't want to talk about the Roman Reigns match. What I want to talk about is the crowd. And I'll be right back. But the question I'm going to leave you with: the crowd reaction, all the chanting. Is this good or bad for wrestling? It Yo. is bad for the people who were wrestling during that match. It showed vast uninterest of anything going on. The chants were more. The chants were more creative and more entertaining than the match itself. At least they didn't like chant Randy Savage at Stephanie McMahon or something like that. It was the first time we got the CM Punk chants. We got a Velveteen Dream chant. We had like This Is Awful, I think, was a chant. NXT, there was also a, a Rusev Day. Rusev Day. Uh, you know, on, honestly, I, I had a shower during that match because I wanted to scrub the dirt of me actually used to like Roman Reigns off. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and the sweat because I. I don't know if I went. I don't know if I went for a run that night or not, but yeah, no, I don't need to watch this. So I just I, hightailed it. I didn't watch the Sami Zayn match either. I was playing. You, you didn't need to. Um, no. but the they didn't do any. They didn't do themselves any favors by working a slow match. No. no. Well, I mean, nobody wanted the match from the first place, and having it like having Roman in the main event. So they squeezed it into the middle of the pay-per-view where nobody could leave. But <laughs> it, but it, it's just literally they could they should have gone up, taken a piss and gotten some food and beer. Like no I don't know how long it's going to take to recover from this. Like especially if the rumors are true that, you know, we're going to see Roman in the main event at SummerSlam, but now we have the easy out with Braun as M Mr. Monster in the Bank, which we'll get to. It might be a but, triple threat. No, I mean, I... I feel bad for both competitors because I feel they could be used so much better, but mm -hmm. the fans are already so done with it. The fans would even boo if it was Roman CM Punk. No, they wouldn't. They they just love. They just I feel like they would really enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, Punk came in and beat Roman. That'd be amazing. And then blew a kiss. And then blew a kiss, and then walked out of, and then walked out of WWE again. Like, and went and put uh, something in his fridge, like when he put the title in there. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's just, it's it's just poor. But I do like the Roman versus Lashley thing. That they'd started on Raw. Because yes. for the first time in a while, for the first time since he came back, Lashley looks comfortable talking shit to Roman. And their kind of one-upsmanship was really, was, was kind of creative. And it made me kind of believe that Lashley could have something again. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't finish a match with a vertical suplex. Like, that Thank wasn't the, the Lord. in 1918, let alone 2018. <laughs> comes in, comes in does the spear. Awesome. Just let him bring back the Dominator. Yeah. That's yeah. all they really have to let him do. We'll see what happens. I mean, Raw. I thought Raw. Yeah. I thought Raw itself was one of the better Raws of the year, top to bottom. It started. It started out hot, but then it fizzled down. I I disagree. I disagree. Smack I thought it was good. Was best of the year. That guy was pretty good. The gauntlet match. 
Oh, wow. All right, let's get With to what ending? led to the gauntlet match. I'm not uh, expecting that. AJ I Nakamura, last man standing. This was obviously, it was obviously the best of the trilogy, um, but I wanted a little more. I'm okay with ending it the way that I loved AJ just rearing back and destroying oh, Nakamura in the ball. The Pele kick? Yeah. Oh my god, me and Dave were literally just like screamed in our chairs. <laughs> no, like, it, like it, it, that's the match like should have for the Mania match or for the Greatest Royal Rumble or for Backlash. It should not have taken a month and a half, two months for us to get that match. Yeah, but I mean, they, they they crescendoed to something which is a positive, and now they can kind of break away from it. And now we get now we get heel Shinsuke versus brother Nero Jeff Hardy, which is I, unbelievable. I, see you. I, I see got you. What was that uh, other gimmick Jeff Hardy did? The uh, Willow the Wisp. Thank oh, you. Let's, let's not Willow, do Willow. I, I got, it's not, but the face paint definitely gave me. Yeah, Willow. no, no. Uh, uh, the face paint definitely gave me Willow vibes. I was honestly expecting after he said, I see you, expecting the Willow like, <laughs> um, No, uh, I I'm all for this feud. I could definitely see Shinsuke going over Jeff, but uh, I, I don't think he's Brother Nero quite yet, but I mean, it does look like his vocabulary is being expanded. Wonderful. And I really hope this leads to him returning to the no, uh, no more words uh, theme song he had from way back. I don't know where it's going, but I like words going. It's just two creative guys. I mean, Jeff's finally done what I think his punishment, uh, his DWI punishment or whatever it is. Um, and I think there's only going to be positive things. The 24 on the Hardys was really eye-opening. No, no that. And that thing made that thing made me like tear up, especially with my current situation. Like you know, being in recovery, dealing with legals and all that. But like that that really uh, was a eye opening twenty four. And I mean, uh, Jeff, like I definitely think he's out of the doghouse, but he has been on um, battling a pinched nerve in his uh, arm. He's been feeling numbness, but I mean, still doing what he's doing, and he's. What like late thirties, early forties? Something like that. Probably. And uh, this year turns forty. So uh, I mean that like I I'm happy we still have Jeff in one piece, but the twenty four was great. I'm definitely feeling this uh Shinsuke um feud we're gonna get um. But the biggest surprise is the gauntlet, but do we want to hit on men's money in the bank first, or...? We do. Yeah, of course. Let's do that. No more Rochambeauing for the title. Now we can actually, you know... Yeah. Are we not familiar with South Park, Rochambeau? Rochambeau. No, I know about Rochambeau. Okay, good. Good. No. <laughs> I love South Park. <laughs> that is <laughs> Mr. Fretz, you need to be a voice actor or something because you're amazing right now. Yeah. I lived down the street from a voice actor when I was a kid. Uh, what? Oh yeah, Dan Hennessy. He used he did the voices of countless kids' shows. He was Braveheart Bear and Care Bears. What? He was Beast. He was Beaster in My Pet Monster. He was Mojo in X Men. He <gasps> was the Goofy Cop in Police <laughs> Academy. That's uh, so cool. Oh yeah, he lived down the street from me. He was he's a really cool dude. That's his amazing. his trick or treat trick or treating with his, like to go to his house was always like 
he would always do like you know I am Beaster or some crazy crap like that. Dude. Awesome. Oh yeah, that's but, that's um, absolutely fucking amazing. With uh, so Money in the Bank, um, I'm really surprised that Braun won. Like, don't get me wrong, like he he's a hundred percent deserving of the win, but he doesn't need the briefcase. Like, he doesn't. But like, I like, like, I, like I kind of mentioned earlier, if you if you believe the rumor uh, of the hindsight, Miz was supposed to win, but the fact that Daniel Bryan hasn't signed yet, um, kind of put that off because right now it's supposed to be Miz was going to cash in on AJ, and then D- Daniel Bryan was going to main event WrestleMania with the Miz for the championship. All right, guys, really quick, I just got a uh, breaking news from the WWE app. I'm not going to open it. But apparently, a title change happened at the NXT tapings tonight. I am not going to read who it is because I want to be surprised. But just put that on everybody's radar. A title change happened at the NXT tapings. They did not say which one. They already spoiled one title change that happened in the UK. So I'm presuming it's one of the singles titles that changed hands. My uh, my prediction is probably going to be North American. I'm guessing it's that. Um... I don't think it is because, oh, but then again, it is tapings because Adam Cole has to defend at Evolve in like a week. But it is taping, so it may not show up until weeks from now. Well, we'll, we'll find out that in due time. Yeah, so I don't know. But I, I do agree with Dave. I don't think Braun needed it. I thought Samoa Joe needed it. I just thought somebody from SmackDown should win something. Yeah. And they gave him nothing. I mean, they gave us AJ Shinsuke, thank the Lord. But well, imagine they nothing guys. Else. My prediction is AJ Samoa Joe, SummerSlam. Yes, I, I'm. I can't wait for AJ Rusev though. Agreed. Uh, but AJ Samoa Joe at SummerSlam is the match that needs to happen. Yep, SummerSlam weekend is going to be amazing. It is everything that we're gonna have planned with with uh, with our network with Ramadan and Issa and everybody. I think it's gonna be really fun um, and all the stuff just going around. Like I I have I'm off from work for a significant amount of time for that weekend. <laughs> right. Oh, Dave. Dave, we can buy our tickets tomorrow. Heads up. We're <clears throat> how much do we want to spend again? Uh, we'll talk about it off air. Um, so money in the bank as a whole. Uh, crown this. I'm gonna give it. A solid eight. I'm gonna go with eight as well. A high eight. I'm gonna go with seven point five because uh like I think though I like the cash in for Alexa. I didn't like it being her and I think the men's briefcase would have gone better for Samoa Joe because Samoa Joe being like a enemy waiting in the weeds type of a deal, you know, sneaking up would have been perfect for him, or The Miz, because The Miz is fucking money, or even Kevin Owens, but I hope I hope Kevin Owens is alive, and not just, you know, looking forward to this, uh... He showed up. He concert. showed up on Raw. But, uh, I, I feel he dies a little more each day after some of the... Yeah, Kevin Owens as uh, the well, yeah, so boy of Braun kind of sucks. All right, Mr. Fretz, how many Fretz, how many Fretzels do you give this? How many uh, Fretzels? Mm, nice and salty, tasty. Uh, seven five, <laughs> seven five, I guess. <laughs> seven point five. I, I'm, I'm with, I'm with Dave. It was a, uh, there was a couple of neat surprises. Um, 
I wasn't really with uh, Bliss winning. You know, I've never really been a big fan of her, but <gasps> I do understand the appeal. Hey, I know, I know. It's just the one. I think the one thing that gets me is the resting bitch face on her. That just gets. That just gets me. Some people think that's hot. I don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, she she is awesome, and you know, I like her. Um, like IRL, she's like really. She's a sweetheart. She helped out that little girl with the uh, eating, eating disorder. The yeah, that that just win that that wins a lot of respect. Um, I would have. I wanted to see Becky win it. I mean, you can just hear how over she is. Like, even Bully Ray was like, "Hey, listen to the crowd when she goes up the rungs. Like, somebody better be listening." And she uh, had the ad lib because Bliss missed her spot. Yeah. Uh, and like the, the rest of the. There was a couple of duds like Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. They they weren't that good matches. Like Roman and Jinder, they're both they're both competent workers. They're both good in the ring, but it's just kind. It's I think they're both like a victim of bad booking. Yeah, uh, they are. Yeah, and it's it, it's not their fault. They're trying. Even Roman Reigns when he was I think he tweeted out something about oh I got a reaction when they were. <laughs> Not oh my god! About Roman did all. not handle that well on Twitter. He, yeah, he he is good at that, and I loved Braun winning. Uh, I, I've been a Braun fan since like day one. They even like masked Braun. Um, oh, the black sheep. The black sheep mask. I've been a, I've been a big fan of his ever since. Oh, the, like when he was wearing the pants when he used to piss himself. Yeah. <laughs> he, oh even god. even then. You know, if you think about it, Braun is a cash in away from having all members of the Wyatt family having a championship at the same time. Oh my Even god, Rand stop it. <laughs> and Daniel Bryan. And Daniel Bryan. Yo, like Cottonwood. Where'd he go? Yeah. Yo, but uh like I like I met Braun, so don't get me wrong, like I'm happy that if the rumors are true and we're getting Roman versus Brock. And Roman wins. I'm happy that that will be answered because you know Brooklyn will boo that ending out of the water. Yeah, it's not going to be pretty if that actually goes on as the last. So, match. so if if but if Braun cashes in, and we go and we finish the night with Braun holding up the Universal Championship, all is well in the world. How I long just, are you going to let that match go before you let Braun cash in, though? Because that's that's a very like that's a volatile. It's going to be a volatile crowd if you let that go on for too long. You know what I mean? It's going to be like she, when uh, Sheamus cashed in on Roman. Like there's going to be confetti everywhere. Ooh, and then just <laughs> got those hands. Like, See, I want five fifteen. I want Braun to pin Brock. I think that needs to happen. Yes, that, I that, doubt that'll happen. All the momentum that Brock had for the past year needs to go to Braun. If it goes to Roman, then to Braun, it's just like, well, fucking stupid. There's no point. But that's a conversation for another day. We're going a little bit over. Ricky, are you ready for your tweets? Uh, give me a uh, count to count to ten. 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 Oh, and in, in the meantime, Dolph Ziggler won the IC championship. Yay me. Woo. Only to drop, he'll drop to Drew McIntyre right, right away. I think Drew McIntyre is going to win a t another title first, but I'm ready to go. All right. Sweet. Ah, God damn it. I've got to X out iTunes. All right. Uh, keep talking about Drew McIntyre. My list loads up. So, uh, <laughs> um, Shawn Michaels Diesel, 2K19. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. 
I did have a little personal story about me, like, Sweet. watching wrestling. I, I think we talked off air a bit about it, but between 97 and 07, I never missed Monday Night Raw. To That's the amazing. Point, to the point when 19 years ago, today, I had uh, spinal fusion surgery. Uh, Holy scoliosis, shit. scoliosis, right? You know, metal fused to the back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my surgery was on a Monday. And a couple of days I was in the hospital for a week in sick kids in Toronto. And a couple of days later, my friends and my pastor came and saw me and they taped Monday Night Raw. That's awesome. Yo, that that's that's good friends and family right there. That was a good day because not only did I watch that, it was one I specifically remember the uh, Big Show Hardcore Holly feud. You know, like, don't think <laughs> I forgot about you, Big Show. <laughs> um, after after I watched that, I watched Nitro where Psycho Sid won the WCW title, and that night the Spurs win the NBA championship. Wow. Oh, wow. And I was this close to ordering King of the Ring 99 from my hospital bed, but it, it couldn't happen. Oh, it I'm is glad it is. I did because, I mean, Billy Gunn, come on. That's true. But, I mean, first and foremost, congratulations on, I guess, happy anniversary of your surgery. I guess I'm assuming things are going really well since then. Hell yeah. Especially with, you know, the the, lo the weight loss and that. The weight loss. You never looked better, Mr. Fretz. I thank you. All right. We good to go. Ricky. Yeah, let's do, let's do it. Tweets. It's time for this week's top five tweets. Tip of the crown featuring King Ricky. All right, everybody, it's time for the top five favorite wrestling tweets of the week. Hashtag tip of the crown with the creator of tip of the crown. Hashtag Mr. Fretz on board with us. Let's see if Mr. Fretz enjoys my favorite tweets of the week that I picked. My number five favorite tweet of the week comes from uh, another Canadian, Amanda, um, at Fabulous. She goes, Sasha and Bailey, relationship status, it's complicated. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> My number four favorite tweet of the week comes from King Kim. You may know her as Antisocial Kim, at Antisocial Kim on Twitter. She goes, Finn Balor opened his DMs. I don't want to be dramatic, but this is how I die, isn't it? Ooh. <laughs> Finn Balor opened, up, Balor opened up his DMs on uh, Monday before Raw, and Twitter went nuts. Yo, tw Twitter broke for a while. It was taking me like 15 tries to tweet out things. It was girls are rather disgusting. Um, my number three favorite tweet of the week comes from another Canadian, and he goes by the name of Lance Storm, at Lance Storm. And Lance Storm goes, with these burn it down chants, is Rollins going to switch from architect to arsonist? Ooh. <laughs> Hashtag tip of the crown. I'll yeah, if I can be serious for a moment. My number two favorite tweet of the week comes from the New Age Insiders at New Age Insiders. We were fortunate enough to go to their um, to their Connor's Cure tailgate and I happen to be on their live show during that tailgate. So the New Age Insiders, who just celebrated four years of podcasting, said 10 bucks says that Bull Dallas Impression has been the hit of the last five Thanksgivings. <laughs> that was fucking awesome, though, I'll be honest. <laughs> Even a better pray than almost pray. 
That's true. And ironically, my number one favorite tweet of the week comes from who I believe to be another Canadian from the Toronto area. Her name is Abby, and she go and she's um at Abby Felicity One on Twitter, and she goes. The reason Gargano and Ciampa are fighting like there's no tomorrow because the loser has to head to the main roster. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I think I mentioned that tweet to Will, like, mid-match. And I saw I saw it, and I literally am, I told him, this is going to be a tip of the crown. And then maybe, like, a couple hours later, I saw that it had a tip of the crown, and I'm like, yeah. I do it again. So, ladies and gentlemen, those are my top five favorite tweets of the week. Hashtag tip of the crown. Tip of the crown. If you want to be involved, and tip of the crown next week. Just use hashtag tip of the crown on uh, during Raw, SmackDown, NXT, 205 Live, fuck, even Impact or ROH or whatever the fuck you watch. And I'll be sure to try to look out for it and maybe you'll be featured on our show. Will, back to you, sir. All right. Ugh. All right. Mr. Fretz, what a gem you are, Mr. Fretz. Oh, thank you. Dead ass. All right, guys. Um, it's up time of the night now. King of the night. This is That's hard. Oh, no, it's not. I know which one mine is. I, I picked it out early this week. Oh, let's hope it's different. Oh. Let's hope it's different from everyone else. If it's James Ellsworth, that might count. No, it's it's not James Ellsworth, though, but it is somebody different. All right, who you got? Uh, I'm going first, I guess. Yep. We're going to yep. get this out of the way. So the streak is going to continue with me picking a different tip of the crown winner. I mean, the tip of the crown. Different king of the night winner every week. And my king of the night goes to... The fan during Gargano Champa that called Champa the devil. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that that's the most audible like fan mid match ever. Just that was he, beautiful. He literally ju- was just screaming, "You're the devil, Champa!" And I think he maybe, if he hasn't already, he's gonna become a meme similar to Miz Girl. He's already he's a, a gift. Devil fan. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm going to put it as. All right. Yeah. Uh, but you're a devil. Chompa guy was hysterical to me. Uh, Dave. Oh, man. I'm going to have to say Rusev. Really? For Rusev finally winning on Rusev Day? Yeah. For uh, I mean, I... Uh, he, I did not pin him to have a chance in that match, and like he went over clean, and the, like he's a hundred percent deserving of a shot. Like, even though I don't think he'll go over AJ, like I think we're finally seeing Rusev being elevated into the main title picture, which is something we've wanted, and it, I just hope they don't fuck it up. Yeah, I have a quick Rusev, Rusev story. So my, if anybody who follows me on Snapchat knows, I have a Rusev Day calendar that I bought at Royal Rumble in my office at my job. So I switched jobs recently right after the Royal Rumble. And so all of my coworkers in my new department in my job have noticed this Rusev Day thing and they've asked me about it. So my entire office knows about Rusev and the concept of Rusev Day to the point where they actually understand Rusev Day. So my head boss... Um, was on a three-week tour of Europe with his wife because uh, they went on a, a, a elongated honeymoon that was like um, four years in the making. Um, and so we pranked his we pranked his office. We put a lot of stuff in his office as like a welcome back prank. But for me personally, I found about ten to fifteen Rusev Day memes and hid <laughs> them all over his office. He has, <laughs> he, he has yet to find all of them. 
<laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> All right, uh, Mr. Fretz, who's your king of the night? Well, after that story, I might have to pick King Ricky. Oh, geez, that's uh, it was just a blur. Um, Champa, Champa, just he put he put on a hell of a performance, and he, uh, you know, he finally won. You know, I've been watching him since he was an ROH, and I've always been wanting the best for him. And his his feud with Gargano, like best best in the sport right now. That DDT on the on the exposed wood spot, damn. Yeah, he put on a hell. Was... He put on a hell of a performance, and I don't know how they're gonna one up that match. I I was thinking of the whole show when we were talking about it. That might be a new favorite <laughs> until the third one. Yeah, hell yeah. of a cell in Brooklyn. I hope it happens. We'll to, uh, we'll I'm, to see what I'm happens. still sticking with the uh, three stages of hell, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, finally, mine. Uh, shit, my king of the night. I gave it to him the first time for the first match, but I gave it to him the second time for the second match. Johnny fucking wrestling is the king of the night. He just went above and beyond, and this guy is soon to be, once he gets called up and has like a six-month run, and they don't fuck him up, he is going to be the most over guy in professional wrestling. Well, aren't you glad like two years ago we got to meet him at his last indie run? Yeah. I, skip, <laughs> I skipped that event for a date that they'd suck. Bitch, if you're listening to this podcast, it was the worst thing that ever happened to me in my life. <laughs> All right. My God. God, and I with... haven't been on a date in eight years. Woo! You're and better with, off, Mr. Fats. And with that, Darren Wright. let's cue that music. Oh, sounds so right. Is it playing? Yeah, it's playing. Oh. Soft. You've been listening to Kings Wings Podcast, episode number 104. The, legend, the legendary Pretzelmania. What a show. What a weekend. What a week in professional wrestling we had these past seven days. Wow. The summer is finally here. Today's the longest day of the year, and the summer is heating up. Going into SummerSlam, it's going to be a wild ride. AJ, Samoa Joe. <laughs> Nakamura, Rusev, Daniel Bryan, Big... Oh, wait, no, never mind. No big cast. That's, a, that's okay. You can, you can follow it and find us, all the shenanigans, at KOTR underscore podcast on the Twitter feed, Kings of Ring podcast on Facebook. Keep liking that page. Keep liking our shit. Keep sharing our shit. Keep commenting. Tell us how much we're awesome. Tell us how much we suck. Whatever. SoundCloud, the whole kit and caboodle. WrestleAct Radio. Leave us some reviews. Show some love to everyone else, including me. It's me, it's me, it's Wiffly T. T's and Thomas, A R A S H U K, with the wheel in the front on the Twitter feed. <sighs> Alright, Dave, what's your up, Dave? Yo, what's up? I gave you all my uh, uh, tags at the beginning. It's a man of a thousand gimmicks. Keep adding more stuff to Ricky's continuing gimmick. I'm going to send it to him, but from me, from the man of a thousand gimmicks, goodbye, luck, and good night. Bang. Ooh, that, Thank you. That, that was a nice transition. You're doing the bang. I, and we should keep that. We, we can keep that going. You can find me. I didn't get my shit in. Oh, <laughs> no, we were going to get to you, Mr. Fred. Don't you worry, so, Canadian apologies here, guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> 
Oh, there it is. There it is. That's the star we know and love. Ladies and gentlemen, it's King Ricky Jose, the third man of the Kings of the Rings podcast and your social media ambassador of Kings of the Rings podcast, KOTR underscore podcast on Twitter and Kings of the Rings podcast on Facebook. You can find me on all social media platforms and other people's podcasts because I'm becoming a podcast mercenary at this point. At Ambassador Biggs, B-I-G-Z Ambassador Biggs. Like Will said, what a phenomenal week in wrestling. The best is yet to come. The UK tournament tapings have finished. It's going to be unbelievable from what I've heard, but the most unbelievable thing that happened in wrestling is that we got Mr. Fretz on this show. Amen. Mr. Fretz. Mr. Fretz. Mr. Fretz. Mr. Fretz. Woo! Mr. Fretz, baby. Mr. Fretz, baby. Mr. Fretz, where can we find you? Tell us a little. Where can we find you on the Twitter feed? Well, you can find me on Twitter at the legendary JF. And before I plug my other stuff, there is a pinned tweet on my profile. On August 12th in Sable Beach, I am doing an eight-kilometer or five miles American uh, walk or run on on the beach here. And the proceeds go towards the Bleeding Disorders Fund in the, in Toronto Sick Kids Hospital. These things help my help people and kids like my niece Abby, who has uh, Glansman's Bromesthenia. I don't think I, I butchered that one, but it's a bleeding disorder. Uh, long story short, it's things like prolonged bleeding, it's easily bruising, it's clotting issues, etc. It's something that she's just gonna have to live with and take medication on. Yeah. Uh, yeah especially later in life with you know puberty and such. Um, oh, anyways, Jesus, yeah. I am. I am walking in this 8K walk run, and there is a page, there is a link on my Twitter there to donate. If anyone listening can do that, that would be lovely. It would mean a lot to me and my family. Last year, uh, they raised a hell of a lot of money, and they're doing it again this year. So, right. Sobble 8K, 8K walk run, August 12th, uh, Twitter. Uh, my Instagram is also at the legendary JF. You can find me on the blogosphere at fretzelmania.wordpress.com. That's Amazing. F-R-E-T-Z-L-E mania.wordpress.com. I love the Z. Yep, the correct pronunciation, by the way. Uh, on Facebook at James Aaron Fretz, if you see a picture of a nerdy-looking fellow with Trish and Lita, that's me. Uh, oh, and I have to say, when I met Trish, I walked in with the belt. She's just like, hi, champ. Oh, shit, I'm going to Oh, you son of a bitch, you. Uh, Yo, it was... Dude, those pictures came out so good, man. Trish Blair was a sweetheart, too. Yeah, so, Mr. Uh, Fretz, I think on behalf of the podcast, I think you consider us giving you a donation before August 12th. I think that's a uh, given from most absolutely. of us. Mr. Fretz, thank you so much for being on, continuing the hashtag Friends of Show era. Stay tuned for next week, and we'll have, I don't even know yet, it's going to be a new face. It's going to be a new face every week on here, right here, on the Kings of the Rings podcast. But until then, we're the kings kings of the rings. Everyone won't see Big Cast next week, but you will see us next week.